is Wednesday, my dudes. Welcome to another episode of the Wednesday Poll List. My name is Lex, and I'm here with my co-host, Simon. Simon, what's up? Hey, man. It's been a long time. Shouldn't have left you without (laughs) this dope beat to step two. For some reason, my voice decided to just crap out right before we started recording. So if it fades in and out on this episode, I apologize. And I mainly say that because it's a long one. Most likely, this is going to be part one. Just to just to save ourselves, save us some time. So, mm-hmm. if you're new here, at the Wednesday poll list, we review comic book trades. Some people call them a trade review, but you don't have to. If you don't, though, we're coming for you. Yeah, stop listening right now if you if you don't. <laughs> Each week, I throw a random book at Simon. For the past couple of weeks, we've been doing two reviews a week which has been a lot. And I'm so thankful for Simon bearing with me. I just wanted to get a, a nice backlog going. And this week I decided like, man, just give Simon a break. Let's just do one book. <laughs> and then I never really realized what I'm doing. Uh, when I start reading, I'm like, Oh, this is, this is two books, <laughs> two books masquerading as one. So this week we were reviewing 8 billion genies uh, by Charles soul soul. And Ryan Brown. Soul and Brown. Mm, Brown Soul, my favorite. Brown Soul. <laughs> Published by Image Comics. We love Image here at the Wednesday Poll List. And it's usually a good time when we review one of those books. So I'm interested to see what Simon thinks about this one. Yeah. I mean, just to preface, everything that we've read that wasn't a mainline image book, that they've like independent, real quick, five issues, eight issues, whatever yeah. the case may be have all been bangers. I don't remember one that I just couldn't stand. So Yeah, I mean, I could probably say the same for IDW and Boom as well. I think Simon and I, and it, it's not that we have anything against the big two. I just think there's a, there's a cap on those. They'll never do, you know, Spider-Man will always get so high and then they'll knock them down a peg. Like it's, they always have to maintain a certain status quo forever. Superman will be electric blue. He'll be the most badass version of himself for a little bit. <laughs> but then we got to slap a mullet back on him and put him in the underwear on the outside. They'll always have to go back to like this main status quo. So, and I think we've been reading comic books and been comic book fans for so long that it's like, yeah, we know it's, it's cool. We like it, but it's not, you know, new enough for us. Yeah. It's fun to get these really interesting and unique stories that aren't mm-hmm. just, I mean, there's some superhero punching in this, but I like the, yeah. I like to delve a little deeper with the stories, you know? Yeah. The actual proof that it's a comic book can be comic books can be an actual serious form of literature that you can get these great stories out of, you know, rather than just guys in tights giving each other wedgies. So with that being said, 8 Billion Genies, issue number one. As I mentioned, it's written by Charles Sewell. Art and covers are by Ryan Brown. Do me a favor. If you haven't read this yet, just go to mycomicshop.com or search the image website and just look through the 8 Billion Genies covers. And if you don't want to read it after looking at some of these covers, I I don't know. You're probably in the wrong place. (laughs) You probably don't (laughs) match our aesthetic at all. 
But this is the series premiere. And the premise is, if you had one wish, what would you wish for? Now, what if everyone else had one wish, too? That's 8 Billion Genies, the new eight-issue series from Charles Sewell and Ryan Brown, who also worked on Curse Words, which I want to read with you, because the main character from Curse Words is like an avatar as a as like a small cameo in one of the issues in this book. Everyone on Earth gets a genie and one wish. As you guessed, all hell breaks loose in a very entertaining way. And that's just the beginning. Buckle in for the wildest ride of the year. Original premise. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I really, you know, we, I don't see all these descriptions, you know, as we read them out. Yeah. So I had no real idea what this was going to be about. Um, yeah. That's the know. best way to read it, though, honestly. Yeah. It just, you come in fresh. And I just, at first, I was like, what is this? What is this even <laughs> about? Because we get this kind of dive bar. You got this band on stage. They're kind of doing their banter. You know, we've got a, a, a guy in there. He's drunk. His son's there to basically pick him up. We get a Chinese family that comes, I assume, yes, that comes in. And we've got the bartender. And so everybody's just kind of, they're just doing their thing. You know, each each little panel is like oh shit this guy had to make it to this other place in detroit right is where they're at. yeah it feels very slice of life like it doesn't feel like a comic book it just this feels like real world stuff yeah and the the bartender's really really nice he's trying to take care of people and then all of a sudden there's like this panel it says paris and it's a guy it's a obstetrician you know helping with a birth and there's like a blue light like what what the what is this? What is going on? All the while, there's this weird relationship talk between two of the bandmates, which is sad just to see this guy get rejected like this. Yeah, it's sad. Uh, and then all of a sudden, it's like like this pop, basically. <laughs> and now we've got these weird animated-looking genies all over the place. And if that doesn't grab you as a reader, I don't know what will. Yeah, it's wild. And I just love how this book is broken down too. like throughout it's, you know, jump doing time jumps is a tricky thing. And I feel like this book absolutely nailed it. And and I'm still trying to wrap my head around the how it's all circled around the world, the word eight. So this first issue is about the first eight seconds. Uh, the second issue is about a different, uh, I think it's the first eight minutes. And then progressively more. Yeah. I, I think what makes that really just to, you know, to say, I think what really makes it possible for them and how it comes out so well is because everything is so crazy that there's not a lot of basis in reality anymore. So how, yeah. you know, what do you know? <laughs> so, but I, I love right off the bat. I love the design of the genies, how they're kind of this like galactic looking nebulous space with yeah. all the lines in their fake clothing are like negative but they all look like their person yeah so every, they, they pop in and they say hey guess what everybody has a, everybody on earth has a genie now you get one wish only one you know not three just one it's so weird going back to this first issue because I'm, I'm like i don't remember any of this stuff but i do because a lot of this stuff 
gets mentioned throughout the series. But yeah, yeah. everybody gets one wish. And it, again, it all it, just imagine in a real world situation, like what would happen all at the same time. And everybody can see everybody's genius, by the way. It's not like a secret thing. Yeah. Uh, so one of my favorite things about this book is, are the little interludes with the planet Earth. Yeah, so you'll, you'll see planet Earth from space. And like right now, it says the first eight seconds. And the human population is 8 billion. The genie population is 8 billion. And all these city centers and everything are like glowing blue. There are so many genies. You can see them from space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like real time what Earth looks like. So uh, the first eight minutes, now Earth is a cube. And it's really entertaining. It's such a subtle thing with these interludes. Yeah. But it's probably one of my favorite things in the book. It says the human population is now dipped down. To seven billion, nine, you know, and the genie population is also lowered down. So a bunch of people use their wishes, and a bunch of people died. Yeah, like <laughs> within the first eight minutes. As you're looking at it, there's giant explosions in Brazil, one in Mexico. Yeah, and it's you know some people I, I really like like the strategy of the bartender. So the bartender makes his wish immediately. He says, I wish that no wish made outside this bar can affect this bar or anything or anyone inside of it, which is like, seems wasteful, but it's really smart, right? So it's like a safe haven. Almost too smart. Yeah. And everybody else is still kind of freaked out, but (laughs) it gets really crazy because the girl outside that one of the main characters was talking to one of the bandmates, he's like basically yeah. professing like, hey, I'm interested in you. She immediately wishes for the other band member to fall in love with her. In front of that dude, too. Yeah, it's just like, what? And it's a flash in the pan thing. And uh, the barkeep, the, it, since it doesn't work, she professes, she's like, so what do you think? And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And it doesn't work out. And that's where we kind of learn how the bar is going to be it's like a safe haven. And yeah. and the barkeep is like, listen, we might as well just hold up here. Trust me, you guys are safer here than out there. And of course, human nature, you got to know this guy's, it, it's a lot to process. So of course, you're going to look outside. And outside is exactly what I would imagine it would be like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. There's a guy riding a Tyrannosaurus. There's a dude in like a mech suit. There's a couple of hillbillies driving around in a monster truck full of gold. The castle, like the... And it's crazy to see how people are dying because, you know, there's like a rocket ship that just impaled somebody falling, I guess. Yeah. And and did I already say a giant? There's some guy that wished he was, you know, huge. It's, it's like... a lot. I love how they break down, and this is a progressive thing throughout the book, but I love how they break down just like the process of how this all goes down. It's like some people wish for fame, but why does that matter in this situation? Some people wish mm-hmm. for money. Money doesn't even really exist. So like what a waste of a wish when yeah. everyone has a wish. Right. Yeah. Somebody, she said, I wish you'd both burn in hell and her parents are now dead. Yeah. Some guy wished he was an existing soccer player, like somebody that already existed. So now he's just that person again. <laughs> I was like a little kid. Yeah, that's so stupid. Yeah, it's really crazy. But 
it's so scary. It's so, it's such a scary idea. Yeah. I just, I, I couldn't get over how original this premise was. And if there is a story out there that is similar to this, please let me know. But this is the first time I read the first issue and I was like, I, I have to read the next issue. Yeah. Like it was, it was, I can't believe it was over and it was a legit, you know, 26 pages or whatever. I, was like, I, I gotta know what happens next. It's so good. I mean, so far, mainly because of the premise, because it's so damn original. Yeah. And I'm just a sucker for those genies, man. They're adorable. Well, the genies, and I love all the original kind of ideas, like the giant max. They all look like older anime. Yeah. Yeah, all that stuff's really fun. All right, man. Take it away. Issue number two. Eight billion genies, number two. Eight billion genies have appeared on Earth with one wish for everyone on the planet. We've seen the first eight seconds after the genies arrived and the first eight minutes. Now brace yourself for the first eight hours. When many insane and foolish and wonderful wishes are made and our heroes, a group of lovely people stuck in a dive bar in Detroit, try to survive the growing wish apocalypse. I love the... So, immediately, we get back in and... We get the first eight hours and the earth now is an ice cream cone and the moon is a cherry on top. Yeah. One thing that I I couldn't appreciate until the end of this book was the full circle moments, man. Yeah. I didn't realize that either. The introduction of, it just seems like an episode of a well done show. Like they introduced all these characters and and very tiny subplots that almost seamlessly get interwoven into these big subplots and you don't even realize it, but it's all full circle. Like almost everything that is mentioned gets re-referenced or gets referenced in in the end. Yeah, I forgot about this. Wild, man. Yeah, I I I haven't seen it done this well. I really love so there's a family and the guy wants to protect his children because he knows that all these kids are going to make stupid decisions essentially. And he, he wishes that none of the children can use their wish without my approval. And I love that his, his genie says, wish granted, very responsible choice. We'll see how they feel about that down the road. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. These genies progressively get better throughout this entire thing. Yeah. The, it, you know, there's always like the idea of genie, you always hear like the crafty genie and if you're if you're gonna have to come up with a wish you have to come up with something that would solve every caveat every every little nook and franny of the wish has to be thought about because you could say i wish i could fly but then you can't like land or something yeah or or you have giant wings or something it's like a a monkey paw thing where it's like you have to be careful what you wish for yeah so you know, we get more explanation in that later. They're like, oh, you know, we just kind of fill in the gaps and whatever we think is fun. Yeah. And they, they're really good because they do recognize, they do recognize the intent of the wisher. So it's not like they're, they aren't trying to pull one over on anybody. They are really, they really want to grant these people's desire. So like they Mm -hmm. take into consideration the intent, the, the, cancellation like the way they explain like counteractive wishes that like we just cancel those out because we want everybody to get their wish and those kind of like counterproductive to the the main thing i just think it was genius man 
Yeah, since somebody else wished for the opposite of that, we just decided yeah. that nobody gets there. Those two, well, yeah. you two don't get yours. <laughs> or like every president or like world leader wished to be the ruler of Earth at the same time. So they're like, that pretty much, can't, all of that canceled out. You guys just lost your wish, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of interesting. There's some world leaders that like have somebody on their staff which that would mm-hmm. piss me right off, but have someone on their staff that use their wish instead. Yeah. And they all have like lawyers and scribes that are coming in to kind of help craft the wish, so to speak. And that, that kind of expands into a thing later on because they're, they play loose and fast with the sort of weaponization and the use of the genies as currency later on which i thought was interesting they don't really explain the rules of like yeah transferring ownership or anything like that yeah there's only a few things as we get to them i kind of want to talk about that i I didn't quite understood understand how they worked and i didn't know if i just missed something but yeah there's the barkeep seems like he's the you know and it just seems like a, a story trope like he's a doomsday prepper and now he's like trust me I got this figured out. Let's turn on the news. And he's just like, he's, this is not a thing that anyone could have prepped for, but he seems to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And it may seem as Lex and I are talking that we're jumping around a lot, but there's a, yeah. there's a lot of beats going on in the story at the same time. Um, yeah. It starts to slow down as we move to eight years and does it, what is eight years? What it's is it? Eight, eight years, decades? New decades, remember. and then they do. I think that's it. Eight centuries. Uh, as as we go through that, you know, things slow down a lot. But right now, it's very everything's happening at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Reginald Vell Johnson is making a wish. He's about <laughs> to use it, which I thought was weird. Because and I I I got it afterwards. I was like, I thought they couldn't do wishes on the in, inside, but that was never. The thing it was the outside wishes couldn't affect the inside yeah right i i made i thought the same thing i was like oh shit he's about to waste his too and it's a really sweet thought and they obviously you know said like we know the intent but like you said the bartender turns on the news and like detroit is on fire and the girl that wished her wish for the dude to fall in love with her, which is just terrible. And he's very pissed off about that because he's like, you would, you would, I would lose my agency because of you. Like I wouldn't have a choice. Yeah. She starts coming down on the other guys. Cause like, why won't you wish to put out the fires and stuff? I'd be like, I, I would be the yeah. same as him. F you man. Yeah. Well, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait and we can do a reset. It's a, it's a tricky thing. Like, especially if you have the, if you have the, it's not even necessarily patience, just sort of the the ability to pause for a second and like not be rational and just like to say a stupid wish. If you have one wish, it's a very delicate thing. And, and some people in this story take it as like a, a coveted thing and they hold on to it for a very long time. And to the point where it's like so much time has passed. If I wish for this, it's going to be stupid and all this time, you know, so it becomes like sort of a curse. And it's a, it's a tricky thing. And you don't really think about it until you think like, what would you do with a wish? 
you know what I, I know we're talking about deep subject now but you know we, we talk about how these genies are kind of like a cartoony avatar of the person and <laughs> he looks like Rachel Val Johnson yeah he does but his his genie has a bald spot too which is just fantastic <laughs> that's great I just love how every time they every time they leave they're just like you got it yeah <laughs> Yeah, they don't want to, like, the genies don't want to be here either, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're essentially trapped on Earth. But they're very positive the whole time. They're very, you know, whatever's happening is the best thing that's ever happened. You don't really see them in a bad place. Um, None of them. Yeah, not a single one. But, yeah, the the guy, he's a drunk. He's had a problem. You find out why here in a second. Uh, You don't really know about Mm. the mom. But he looks into the mirror, he talks to Jeannie, says, I need to be a better father, and wishes the mother back to life. Yeah, and they handle that. This book handles that in a very interesting way, original way, I think. Instead of actually bringing that person back to life, they create sort of a remnant of that person, which is, it's just an interesting idea, you know, and... I don't know how I feel about it. Like you, is that really that person? Even though it technically is, they even address that. They say, is that person real? And the genie is like, are you real? <laughs> like, yeah, what? that I love that. <laughs> That's a good question. Are you real? <laughs> and I thought that was really cool. The, the Asian family, this, they're very secretive on what he has to do. If sent, he has to do something, he has to venture out to Detroit. It's like, he's willing to sacrifice his life to do it. Yeah. So he makes his wish. His wish is the very cool wish. He wants to become whatever he needs to be to survive in the new world and protect anyone he's with. So he gets like this super suit and all this survival, survivability tactics, and he can speak multiple languages and he looks badass. Yeah, it is kind of interesting though, because he doesn't really seem like he has superpowers. And you would think that that wish would entail something like, adaptability more yeah. adaptability like a, like I mean, darwin from the x-men where he could just like get shot in the head and comes isn't back that, isn't that the guy that died first one to go <laughs> yeah it was no but yeah yeah something like that like that's really what i was thinking it looks it's cool, a cool suit. yeah it's a cool suit it's a little batman iron man spiky mix at the end of this issue you get a knock on the door it's it's really dramatic and if you don't know what Ernest Hemingway looks like, it's going to be anticlimactic. Yeah, I didn't. I was like, because I was like, why is the guy, why is the old man from Jurassic Park here? He's not a real person. <laughs> I thought the same thing. He does say my name is Ernest, but you can call him Papa. But hell, I don't know what that means. Yeah. And I, I didn't even notice Jim Morrison back there the first time. He looks like a little kid. In this. Yeah, but I would say it's. It's pretty close, but yes, he does look like his face for sure. But it's like his body's really small. Yeah, he look and he looks like the Val Kilmer version that's Like I was just, he looks like Val Kilmer, Jim Morrison. That'd be hilarious if that's who it was. Yeah, they were like, well, that's the best we could get. <laughs> that's issue two. How are you feeling about it still? Oh, I'm I'm still in, man. It's it's great. Yeah, I agree. 8 Billion Genies, issue number three. We explore the first eight days after 8 Billion Genies appeared on Earth, offering one wish to every man, woman, and child. 
the Wishproof Lampwick Tavern has provided a safe haven for our eight heroes so far, but now they must undertake a crucial mission into the world utterly remade by frivolous and bizarre wishes, with a special appearance from history's most famous drunkards. Yeah, I guess you have to really be like an Ernest Hemingway fan. I, I, this issue, did you already read the description? Yeah. Did you just do that? My ADD, man. <laughs> uh, I started reading the issue again as you were reading, and I just tuned everything out yeah. and I read. This one starts, I love all these alt stories. Those are some of my favorites. Like, I love having main characters like the, the stand uh-huh. is like that too. I don't know if you've ever read that by Stephen King. It's, uh, it's so long, but it has like your main characters and things, but then there's all these little offshoots of stupid shit that people, you know, were doing after the super, they survived this giant super flu. And then they do stuff like accidentally shoot themselves in the face. And uh, so I love, like we start off, we're in Antarctica and this guy's like, uh, you know what? I'm going to be selfless. I'm going to solve the climate crisis. I, you know, I can't, we can't do this, but maybe we can get it at least back to pre you know, industrial levels of carbon dioxide in the air. And, you know, it'll give us time as a society to to clean this up. And he's in our Antarctica, so he's not seeing the same yeah. shit that everybody else is seeing. He doesn't notice that Santa Claus is flying outside and that yeah. he's getting eaten by... Well, he does see that. Well, he finally... Yeah. Who would wish for the moon... To be alive. To be alive and be like a predator. Yeah, he's like the moon from those Zelda games, except... Yeah, this is the... To me, this is one of the funniest. I love this first wish because it is extremely practical and it's selfless, smart, even as Genie says, pretty clever. And it tells him, like, hey, this particular approach you know helped push back you know x y and z for x y z years he's like good job man and he like passed himself on the back you did it man you saved the play but then you see the moon eating santa claus it's like wow probably gonna shoot myself in the head (laughs) yeah right how's the moon that close yeah yeah and i also like this genius like less than one percent of people that have try to you know clean up the climate have have wished this particular way so be proud of yourself it's like well see that would be a bummer to me like man i just <laughs> wasted my one wish on a bunch of shit that other people did already yeah what do you think about the earth on this one the the first eight days yeah I th- that's what i was gonna say i think this is one of the funniest because we we're seeing like multiple earths yeah we're seeing earth as like entity it's got arms and legs the guy suffocating is really funny. That's a monkey paw situation. That sucks, man. What would you eat? We also see that Dougland has been founded. I don't think we ever see Dougland in this book. I, I didn't notice it on this map until just now, but we don't ever see it. They talk about it in the most annoying way. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. Yeah. But I don't think we ever see it. The human population is drastically dropped again. Genie's also almost about, not quite half, but pretty close to halfway gone. So that's interesting. And I think through Ernest Hemingway and I can't remember the chick. Yeah, I don't remember. Dorothy Parker 
and Jim Morrison, we we learn that they're remnants and people would you know wish them up just to hang out with them or like weird sex stuff. Yeah, the weird the weird sex stuff is funny. <laughs> and they only last as long as the person is alive. And once that person dies, it's like a, a ticking time bomb. The rem there's no set time on like when the remnant will pass. Oh, this is when we get the the but are they actually real? Like is it them? It's like, are you yeah. real? It's so good. Yeah. I like that we do keep touch with all of the heroes though. So the Asian dad to be goes out on his journey, his own hero's journey. And it's not like he's just out of the story then. We also yeah. get a little glimpse on what he's doing. And it's so, so stupid, but also cool. Yeah, the just in this background, we're seeing like, oh man, it's like platforming video game type stuff. That's what most wishes would be. I could just imagine. <clears throat> like Sonic yeah. the Hedgehog. Yeah, There's some like mario kart stuff on the ground i don't know what these weird ghosts are references to i don't they look like characters from rick and morty yeah but one of them has a key so i guess it's some kind of video game shit i don't know yeah more video game stuff but someone looks like optimus prime like a hardcore optimus prime who he does the asian dude's helmet let's let's close up yeah yeah and we get kind of a funny interaction. I mean, it's just like crazy with this. He's fighting a damn vampire. <laughs> How crazy is that? I just, of all things to wish to be. It's funny because he even asked him, like, why would you wish for that? And, he, and this, and you have to think about it. Some people are like sick weirdos. He says to feed on people, that's your wish. And he's like, yeah, that's all I've ever wanted. That's weird. But there are also weird ass people in the world that would have a wish as well. Mm-hmm. You gotta think about those creepy ass people. And he seems like he's in a bad situation. And then we switch back to the main bar and we find out that his wife is pregnant, which I like that they reveal that less of like I'm pregnant and more of also the bartender speaks Mandarin. We never talk about that, I think. Yeah. Or they make a reference to it later on. They're like, that's weird that you spoke multiple languages and you knew what to wish for. You knew what was happening at at different intervals of time. Yeah. But she's got a little glowing. Her, her belly's glowing because she is with child and that's a new genie forming, which is kind of interesting. You would think that new, I guess because it's already in the gestation period that it makes sense for the child to have a genie too, but you'd think it would kind of end at a certain point, like there were only so many people. Yeah. I didn't realize the fangs. Oh, they ripped them out. Well, they, they come back later on, like as a subtle nod at the end. Oh, I don't remember that. I'll, I'll bring it back up. But yeah, it takes the fangs out and kills that dude. He's badass. Yeah. I like his, I like his like blaster knuckles. Yeah, those are cool. So this, this issue essentially sets up like ex- explaining what, the remnants are and if they're real and how that works. Yeah. And we see moments where people try to be selfless, but they're like, man, I, I would, but I got to take care of my own thing. You know, there's a guy on the road and he's just a normalized dude. He wished to be young. And now he's stuck in this situation where he's like, dude, I can't get it. You know, yeah. like we said earlier, you, you people make these wishes super early and like, I can't get out of this. 
either. I was like, I was an old ass dude. Yeah, I'm just a dude. And now the highway is like eating people out of cars. So, which again is like, who wishes for that? There's so many weird, weird things that I was, I really couldn't figure out who would actually wish. There's a lot of weird people in the world, man. Yeah. We also get, we start to see, as we mentioned earlier, the remnants disappearing. So Jim Morrison kind of explodes off the stage. Ernest Hemingway goes and the other lady is, you know, she's soon to go as well. Should they have even been able to go into the bar if they were technically an effect of a wish? I don't know. You know, probably not. That's getting too. <laughs> I guess. I guess if they came in and they were trying to destroy it or something, yeah, they probably wouldn't work. But yeah, they weren't really effect- affecting anything. They were just there. Yeah, they were just there drinking. Just more. Uh, you get to see so many stupid wishes. So we get to see more of the Asian father to be's journey, which I don't even know why he would still give a shit about this. I guess he's that paranoid. Well, you start to wonder if there's there's got to be something magic protecting this bar as well, because there's all this shit around it that's destroyed and leveled. Yeah. But this place is still standing with Humpty Dumpty on the front. Yeah, but the bartender has like all these freaking space jewels all around. It's just so stupid, man. Yeah. Homer Simpson sitting at the bar. Yeah. I didn't notice that. That's freaking great. I like this guy. The... It's just a criminal, but he has a tattoo on his arm that says, I love crime. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because he, he just looks like a greasy dude. Like he doesn't, he doesn't scream criminal. He doesn't look like someone that would have enough power. You know, yeah. like mob guys wear nice clothing. They don't just wear knife beaters. So this guy loves crime, man. Apparently he was blackmailing. I don't even know this guy's first name. Yeah, blackmailing the Asian father. To download all this information, secret files from his current job. And he does the right thing and he breaks the information, even though at this point in the world, it do- it really doesn't matter. It had to be sort of a principal thing. And then he, is- I, I love these freaking gun buster, knuckle busters or whatever he has. Yeah, this and this is one of my favorite moments because you really see the genies aren't, they can't protect us in any way unless you wish something. So he evaporates this guy's face and the genie's like, wow, man, he didn't even get the wish. What a waste. And then disappears. disappears. Yeah. Yeah. That does suck. But he gets back and he tells the, the, the rest of the, the rest of the protagonist, like, Hey, uh, a lot of people wasted their wishes. And which is, you would assume is common knowledge. You would common sense, but he's basically saying people are making wishes for the world how it was, like we mentioned earlier, to be famous, to be rich, all these things. And it's like, you need to, your wishes now need to be survival-based <laughs> to live in the world that is now. And so that kind of changes the thought process of everybody there. And the sun, kids making wishes is a scary thing, and they talk about it a lot in this book. But the son decides to, he's got his wish figured out. His dad can't say shit to him because his dad has been a drunk since the mom passed away. And the mom is technically not even really real. So he decides to make a wish to protect his family. Mm-hmm. Which is silly because he like he knows he understands that remnants only exist as long as someone whoever wished is alive. So he's like, 
I want to make sure I can take care of my dad so my mom can't die as well. Which is kind of crazy, like that this would be the wish to do that. What do you think? I don't hate it. I hate how small his head is. <laughs> yeah. I hate it, but I also love it because it's silly. Yeah. Like it's the the intent that it's drawn by a child. Yeah, yeah, because you even see the the photo fall on the ground where it's just like a circle and like a circle R. <laughs> yeah. So if you haven't read this, I don't know why you're letting us read it for you, but the kid Robbie wishes to essentially be a superhero, which he looks very Rob Liefeld '90s superhero, but with his original head. So he's this giant. Think 90s cable, like when cable first came out and how giant and ridiculous he looked, but with a little kid's head. Yeah, just slightly more sculpted, but mostly the same. And he small. instantly leaves. He's like, all right, I'm going to go find a place for us to live. Why is everybody? St- I would live in that bar. Yeah, I wouldn't have a problem with that. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so funny, though. Immediately when he goes out there, he sees other superhero people and they're fighting like, McDonald's. McDonald's mascot, so like the fr- the fry people, and he kills what's that guy's name? Grimace. Yeah, he kills Grimace. They're fighting Mayor McCheese, yeah, the Hamburglar, and Ronald McDonald's. Dead. Hamburglar gets cut in half. Yeah, Mayor McCheese. That's a deep cut. Mayor McCheese. Mayor McCheese. <laughs> so good, dude. So yeah, he 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 meets a, a group. That is like the Justice League and they're going to save the world, which adds for me. I was like, oh, don't don't become don't become that book. Yeah, you know, like don't become a superhero book where now these are superheroes trying to save the world. I was really worried about that going into the next issue. I was, too, just because it's been so refreshing overall. But I was glad that those were kind of put to rest. I was glad and sad. It was freaking depressing, dude. Yeah. Take it away with issue number four. Eight billion genies, number four. Welcome to the first eight weeks. As the world continues to change in the wake of genies appearing to everyone on Earth and offering them a single wish, things are getting pretty intense. Plenty of folks are... Sorry. Plenty of folks are... Plenty of folks have wished for superpowers, and we all know what happens when you get a bunch of superpowered people together. They fight. How will I, how will our heroes survive the powered age? I thought that was a really cool. It's this when we have the reveals about the bartender because the just the idea that he kind of puts it through. He's talking about the stages. There's always stages with the wishing and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's at the end, or half, about halfway through. But before that, it's the big superhero fights. It's like whatever this league is versus the people that wish to be villains, which I want to talk to you about some of these. When, you know, it didn't, like you said, luckily go into this superhero, become a superhero book, which I'm so relieved. But you and I love creating random superheroes and coming up with names and ideas and things like that. So I want to talk to you about the superheroes and the villains, what you think about all of them. Let's run the room. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the leader, seemingly on this other team, has the dumbest name. Like, I thought Robbie's name was dumb, but it actually ended up being kind of funny because it had like two. He was calling it one thing and everyone else was calling him another thing. 
But the leader of this group is King Power the Star, which is like a ridiculously long name. Yeah, very, very silly. <clears throat> the Betty Pineapple, right? The boss. Oh no, no, we got him. Blue Kali and yeah. the Slide. Terrible. The Slide. I don't even understand that because he has like swords. I don't know. The villains. And Robbie's name is, he wanted to be called the Sun, but then they call him Sun Man. <laughs> yeah, because they he's saying Sun like S O N, and they're thinking S U N, and then it's yeah. Sun Man. Yeah, great. <laughs> Sun Man. The villains, in my opinion, are significantly better than the heroes mm-hmm. by like a long shot. The Living yeah. Zoo. Yeah, Job Saw. Yeah, so the Living Zoo is a character that has an alligator head, deer horns, monkey arms. I'm sure the torso is also an alligator. A snake snake. belt, giant scorpion tail, and horse legs. It doesn't sound like, if you're listening, it doesn't sound like it would go together, but they make it work. Yeah, also not many (laughs) of those things are in many zoos. Usually yeah. just the alligator and the, the ape. Yeah. Chopsaw has a buzzsaw on the head, which I know we both like, but mm-hmm. his fingers are also little chainsaws. Yeah. And they're great. all moving. He's got yeah. little things on his shoulders. Oh my God. So great. Scary. D-boner is scary. Yeah. I'm going to take your bones. I'm going to take your bones. Yeah. <laughs> I'm oh that is that is legitimately a great like you have to get past how he walks and how he moves, but genuinely creepy. Yeah, you can see his brain. Yeah, it's translucent, gross, so gross. Spark plug. It was is the body is one hand is the plug, the other one is the the socket yeah. essentially. Yeah, female plug, and the female plug. And his torso is a spark plug. I didn't know much about Wargrass, but looks great. Yeah, it's just, he looks like the, he kind of looks like the superhero. He's got an upside down star, a a bull's head, yeah, a beer in one hand, and a clock. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And they fight, you know, just like they said. But like you mentioned before, the barkeep is freaking out because he's there you know he's uh, he knows what time it is he's like oh this is about the time where they fight and it's weird because i I don't think i don't remember who noticed well before that sorry guys it does jump around a lot we go back to the fight and we see robbie fighting chop saw and just slices his head off like yeah. at, at the nose, not just the head completely off, just like chops his head in half. Yeah, it was like an accident. Like Horizontally. Yeah. Powers. yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's sad because you see that in this is weeks are passing by. The progression of time in this isn't like all in real time. He's just going around murdering villains. Yeah. One of, he, and you can see it physically and mentally, you know, there's some kind of weird basically scarecrow thing that screams in his face and turns his hair white. And so he just yeah. punches him, punches a hole through his center. Yeah. And uses him to 
cut another dude in half. Yeah. Yeah, that's wild. And so you're, we're going to have to deal with the sort of trauma that you would imagine would come with a kid realizing that he's killing people. Right, because, you know, we come into it later and it's like, does he know? I can't remember where this happens in the story. It's like right now he's dealing with whether or not these are remnants, you know, things that people wish for or people that have wished for those powers. Yeah. Like to become a Godzilla or something like that. Yeah. I think that's in this one. He looks so weird. Every time they show him, man, he's this tiny head and giant body. Yeah. But then his, his team gets iced, man. And like the he's super it's a sad way. Yeah, it's weird, right? They get crunched by this. I would say it's a great villain. This looks cool, man. <laughs> They're called the Royal We, and it's like two halves of a body. I don't even know how you explain it. I'm trying to figure out how to explain it. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's like if a human body, well, imagine a superhero, just kind of a space superhero, but they're split right down the middle mm-hmm. with the purple side and the orange side, but they're actually split in half. So, and then there's two, there's like energies emitting from the inside portions of both halves <laughs> yeah. that kind of meet in the middle. It's really, it is very hard to try to explain. It's that. cool looking though. And it's like right up my alley. And they essentially have these great psionic powers. They're able to crush this entire league of superheroes with their minds, except for Robbie. And they say, yeah. we'll have to think about how to handle you. And they disappear. Goodbye. Yeah. They, they couldn't crunch him, but they couldn't, they could stop him from killing them. And this is where I was talking about before we started about like how sad and depressing this is, man. Because yeah. Robbie says to to the leader of the group, he says the, he starts to realize that this is crazy. This is sad. This is too much. I'm only 12. And the leader says, I'm only 11 and then dies. Jesus. And that makes sense. All these kids wanted to be superheroes. Sad. That took me a second. I was like, damn, dude, that's rough. <laughs> We finally get to week eight and I can't, I, you know, these characters are so many characters. I can't remember all the names, but the one of the bandmates is drunk and he has figured it, or he asks the barkeep what his deal is. There's something, you know, too much. All this is weird. You got to plan it out. And that's when the barkeep just straight up says, I'm a genie. And I blew my mind. I was like, whoa, no idea. Uh, what I knew something. Yeah, I knew something was up with him, and I didn't know if it was going to be that he some. I I just assume he was going to be like God. To be honest, I thought he was the boss. Yeah, yeah, I thought he he orchestrated it or something. Yeah, yeah, especially because they all like salute him on the next panel. Hmm. I was like, oh, he's definitely the head honcho. These people lucked out by being in his bar, but then he explains it. He was the yeah. last genie. Yeah, I really like uh, to me that's just such an interesting thing aspect, but the I mean it's just kind of crazy. He starts explaining like the superhero gauge and how people are trying to be selfless and all that stuff. And then we get interjected with these thought bubbles with Robbie fighting, you know, another group of villains. He gets to smash the ones that destroyed his friends. 
But then at that point, he's like, I got to get out of here. Like, why am I doing this again? And as he's kind of flying outside the bounds of the atmosphere, they have, they call it the strategy. And I didn't understand what this was at first. You know, we have the heroes, the people that make all their their wishes on the whim. They don't really understand everything's flash in the pan, this and that. He said, but soon we'll have the strategists, the people that save their wishes and really think about them. And as we're seeing that, I didn't understand what it was at first. But like all the heroes and villains that were on Earth are killed. Like yeah. there's just this like red light that's going through and murdering everyone. And then you see the Earth, the first eight weeks, you see, it says human population, one billion and falling. And you see yeah. this like red line as it's crossing the continents. And you also just see all this crazy stuff floating outside of it, man. Yeah, a bunch of discarded rocket ships, a bunch of volcanoes, nuclear bombs going off, a couple of different Earths. Robbie finally lands back at Earth onto this like safe haven that he sees, this bubble that's protected. And this guy opens up. And then I thought maybe this is the guy that's the that created all this stuff. Cause he opens it up and he says, I'm the idea, man, son. Welcome yeah. home. And he's wearing his suit is made out of the energy that the genies are made out of. So I was like, okay, this guy's the head honcho, right? Yeah, I wondered if it was going to be like a Jesus thing. Jesus. Oh, the barkeep was his dad. Could have worked. His dad, but also him. Yeah, okay. So if you're looking at before the everyone gets killed, there's a character fighting this Captain America bear. Oh, yeah. That's the main character from Curse Words. If you keep scrolling down, you'll see like an ad for the book Curse Words. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's pretty cool. cool. Like it's another Charles Soul book. Hey, Trad Moore did a cover for this next issue. I also want to take a second to appreciate that shark superhero. It was like a shark, but he has octopus hands. Yeah, octopus like boxing gloves. <laughs> Super great. So great. And that's gonna do it for part one. We'll see you next week for part two of our review of Eight Billion Genies. 